for SEN America. This is the SEN NBA podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the SEN NBA podcast. And we come at you today after an absolutely massive week in free agency move and player movement. The season may have ended weeks ago, but it is just ramping up in terms of preparation for 17 18. And with me today, we have Chris Tyler. Chris, hello. How are you? What's going on, Lukey? Not much. It's been a lot of news. A lot of news. This is, this is the season for me. <laughs> the, the actual season, all, all I classify the actual season, the regular season that everyone knows it as, is strictly the free agency offseason. That's all that is to me. A lot of people... This will, is when it's the most exciting. A lot of people will say this has been more exciting and entertaining than the actual basketball games we saw for the last the six draft, months. The draft, followed by free agency. It's yeah. all happening, man. Yeah. And we also have today, we have a new member of the SEN NBA podcast, a new member of the family. He's He he loves his basketball, Mikey V. And hello, Mikey. Good How afternoon, fellas. I've been wanting to be on this podcast yes. for years. He's been asking me every week. He has. And we're fine. You're not ready yet. You're Why has it yet. taken so long Oh, well, you've been here. a project player, Mikey. <laughs> We've been developing him in the D-League. and just G-League, G-League. G-League. The G- Excuse me. I'm sorry. We've just offered him a two-way contract. So he's yes. just coming in. We're going to see how he goes. Oh, was it a two or ten? I thought it was ten-day. No, you got you got a two way contract is uh, the oh. new thing in the CBA where okay. you can pay him I think seventy five grand to play both in the G League and you can call him up whenever you want for No, we're not paying Mike seventy five grand. We'll just say. a little bit oh, more than that. Sorry. I think oh. I was getting more than that. Well, yeah. Oh, well, we'll That's discuss. what Chris we'll speak to the bosses anyway. But, um... We'll discuss the terms of the deal in just a little bit. Hey, speaking of terms of the deal, I mean, we're going to be chatting a lot about that today, and I think we have to. We will start off with. The most recent and biggest move as of, we're recording here Thursday afternoon, the most recent big name move has been Gordon Haywood. Finally, the Boston <laughs> Celtics get their man. Finally, Brad Stevens and Gordon Haywood are reunited yes. at the professional level. And now. thank God, can I say, because if we wouldn't have got, and I'm, I'm a Celtics supporter, yes. so I'm just going to say we, if we wouldn't have got Gordon Haywood, Celtics fans would have gone ballistic saying, we can never land a guy, what has Danny Ainge done? Which I think is ridiculous, by the way, because in the last two years, even if Haywood wouldn't have come to the Celtics, out of the three biggest names in free agency to have Come onto the uh, in, into the open market. We would have still landed one in Al Horford. One I was going to say you have pretty good. I so feel like people we've did got forget. him in the back pocket. People yeah. have forgotten about him. Yeah. Then people are blaming Ainge if he wouldn't have come to the Celtics, which is ridiculous as well because it's not up to the general manager to get these guys in free agency. It's up to the players. It's it's up yeah. to well, it is. It's up to the GM as well to know. propose the the blueprint and the plan for him. The, Possibly the so, but at the same time, in the end, it's up to the player. No, that's true. And I know a lot of people were saying, well, if we didn't get Haywood, then it would be considered a failure for this offseason because we weren't able to land George, weren't able to land Butler. But when you go back to those trades individually, and I do want to touch on Paul George a little later on, so yeah, I won't we'll go speak too much about into him it. Later, yep. There's not much, if you believe the reports that are out there from Woj and all these other guys, the Celtics have pretty decent offers on the table, and the other team said no. So I'm totally so agreeing much. with you, Chris, because... At the end of the day, the player itself, the person itself, the family that he's got behind him, they have to make a decision. There's only so much that a GM can do. And Danny Ainge is one of the greatest out there. Yes, Danny he's Ainge got a and lot Pat of assets. Riley are both yeah. fantastic GMs. And that's who yeah. was just choosing because, between just because Boston he didn't, and Miami. And Utah, I guess, as well. And but Utah, just because yes. he said no to Miami doesn't mean that Pat Riley is exactly. a subpar GM. Totally. I think where a lot of people speak about with the Danny Ainge stuff is the fact that he has all these assets, you know. But he doesn't need to spend them. Well, no, I agree. I agree with you because 
everyone talks about the assets, the assets, when they're going to make a move. But you don't want to be known as the guy who sold the farm for nothing. And if he, the deal He was at there, risk of doing that twice. First with the Justice Winslow deal where yes. he was going to offer pretty much the entire Brooklyn package to move up and select Justice Winslow and Charlotte for some reason said no. And then it happened again when we saw reports a couple of weeks ago what the Celtics offered um, Indiana at the trade deadline for Paul George, which was, was a, four future first-round draft picks and a couple of other young assets. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And that's too much that for was me Kevin for a Pritchard, half of a guy that might leave. That was Kevin Pritchard, the GM of Indiana, saying... That was before at the time. That was Larry Bird at the trade trade deadline, but then when we offered them something uh, at the draft, then that was Kevin Pritchard. Yeah, and he said no to that. Because yeah. he didn't want Paul George to go to another East team. And he's, so, and he's given up. He's, I don't know he's how. I think a lot of it had to do that with the be. fact that they didn't want to wait for the deal to be done because we had to sign Gordon Hayward before we could trade for Paul George, and they just didn't want to wait, which is of stupid. Course. But I just, I've just i been on Twitter nonstop pretty much for the last three weeks. And it just but before we really get into the crux of everything, I just wanted to express my hatred for all these Celtic supporters who were saying <laughs> that Danny Age, if he can't get this job done, then he hasn't done his job, essentially, which is ridiculous because he's built a team that he's become the first overall team in the regular season in the East last season, made the Easter Conference Finals, got the number three overall pick via the number one pick, still has plenty of options next year. We could conceivably still get the number one and two pick next year. And we bring in now Gordon Haywood. So I don't know what else Celtics fans want because there are 30 teams in the NBA. And last I heard, there's only a few that are really doing anything half decent. So even if we didn't get Haywood, it would have been good. Now that we do get Haywood, it's really good. Even that we didn't get Haywood and this other bloke, whether it's Butler or George, it's still been a phenomenal offseason for the Celtics. I feel like people have forgot you finished first. The way people are speaking about you, it's like you're just borderline oh, a playoff yeah, team. Yeah, but we all know that. Cleveland closed the season, and if they did try hard, they are the, the dominant team in the East. They are, but they might not. But we're, be. we're not they, just they, they, you for next are in as well, which is why the, the Celtics are so in good. a better position than the Cavs long term. Hundred percent. The Cavs are only relying on one player, LeBron James. Exactly. If he ups and leaves. We heard is, even Kyrie say he'll probably leave Which is as well. a big chance, which we'll touch on a little bit later. No on. one wants to go to Cleveland and play basketball. Let's be but honest. But I'm fine not putting all our trade chips into a basket for Paul George for one year if he's going to leave. And I think he will leave to go to Lakers at yep. the end of next year. So if you want to trade one. away Jason Tatum and potentially a couple of other first-round picks, the Lakers, I don't, I don't know if the Lakers and the Nets pick were on the table. I think it was three other first-rounders. Uh, but still, you don't want to take all these assets that you have for one year of Paul George when you're still probably not going to win Fight, the finals. You're still fighting that Cleveland team. And get, because there, was, there was a fantastic article from um, Kevin O'Connor a, yes, a couple of months ago about up. how the Celtics were building for both 2018 and 2022 or whatever the years were. And if we got rid of all these assets, then you're kind of only building for the next few years when Golden State is still probably going to be the best team in the league. And if LeBron stays, then Cavs are still probably going to be better than us for the next couple of years. I like what we're doing. I love what the uh, what the Celtics are doing and what Danny Ainge has managed to create. We're still going to be uh, one of the top two teams in the East this year, probably going to be the best team uh, the year after that if LeBron leaves. And we're continuing going to... Next year, we could conceivably have the number one and number two overall pick. Now, I want to chat about everybody at Haywood now. Yes, sorry. The, the actual fit. I had to get that off my chest. No, it's, it's, I love the passion, Christos. Now... I reckon Haywood, I really like this. This is a beautiful, beautiful fit for the Boston Celtics. I think Haywood, I was saying about the defensive end of the floor first. He's a very underrated perimeter defender. And I think it gives Boston, now we all know Boston's got terrific defensive structures and they're a great, great defensive team. But one thing they kind of lacked was that shutdown perimeter defender. Now you have Bradley, but he's undersized. You can't really put him on LeBron for 40 minutes because LeBron will just overpower him with his size and with his frame. 
I'm not saying you're going to put Haywood on James for 40 minutes either, but he gives a chop out. Yep. He's a bigger body than, than Bradley, and he can defend one-on-one on the perimeter. So I like that aspect. And on the offensive side, it's just beautiful because him and Brad Stevens, that chemistry is already there. He knows the playbook, and Stevens, a terrific uh, divisor of, of, of plays. We've seen Boston do some beautiful offensive plays in the last few years, but that talent hasn't really matched it sometimes. They're, you haven't had the offensive the, individual talent the, to match The thing that. was, if Isaiah's not on the floor, then you're really going to struggle to score. Yeah, exactly now we've right. got that second option that if Isaiah's either injured or out or anything like that, then we've still got Hayward to rely on, which is big for the Celtics. And he, he averaged over 21 points last season. He's upped his points per game each season that he's been in the league. So he's right in his prime good in Hayward. He's going to be a perfect fit for the Celtics. Great thing about Hayward offensively, he's so versatile. Yeah. He's good in the pick and roll, catch up. He can create his own look. And what I really like about this, I reckon Hayward will probably be a bit better as a secondary option because he's not the best ball handler. So he takes away that responsibility from him as well. I reckon it's a terrific fit. I mean, oh, we got to give props to Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens isn't in Boston. This still doesn't happen. Uh, 100%. How, how does he fit in with Isaiah Thompson, as we saw in Thomas. the Eastern Com- Thomas? Isaiah <laughs> Thomson. Good Is that a break? Oh, I think we've got to renew these contract <laughs> yeah, deals. Exactly. What are we? Give me a break. 10 minutes in. Give me a spell. Oh, it's just nerves. Um, <laughs> yes. We my. saw in the Isaiah Thomas when in game three of the Eastern Conference Finals that when he went out, okay, yeah, LeBron James didn't play a good game. No, it was horrible that game. But there was a lot more ball movement. How do you think that Gordon Haywood and Isaiah Thomas are going to fit together? I think it's going to be. Fi- I think it's going to be fine. I think. Yeah, that, I think that'll be fine. Yeah, I think that because. Do you think Isaiah's still going to get thirty points? Oh, he no. won't need to. But no. he won't need to. But will he want to though? Oh, I don't. No. I don't think he's at that. He's an older guy. He's, he's not, not the best. He wants he's not the bring, best passer. No. He wants to bring on these guys who can make the team better. That's what Isaiah yeah, yeah. said all this time. He wanted this other guy. You saw as soon as Haywood signed, it came out and essentially said, "Here's the guy that we needed in the finals." He's willing to um, sacrifice some of his game to get these other guys into the team. I think they're going to work fine together. He's not the best passer, but that's right. He doesn't have to play on the ball. He doesn't have to play the strict point guard uh, every possession anyway. You know what I mean? He can play off the ball. We saw him shoot quite well when he was off the ball, coming around those curls and taking those shots where he's getting the and ones and all that sort of stuff. I think it can work perfectly. Can Boston realistically now, we don't know obviously how the roster is going to, it's not official get this deal. There's still going to be some tinkering. So Boston may need to lose some rotational pieces in this move. We all know Cleveland's roster isn't settled in stone as well, but... If it all stays relatively the same, can Haywood be enough to, you know, if they meet again in the conference finals to get Boston past no. Cleveland? Now, I know it is a long-term move and we know that, but for solely next season. No, no I don't know. Unless, unless something happens at the trade deadline. Yeah. If, say, for instance, it doesn't work at OKC with Paul George and they decide to flip him for some assets before they get to the end of the season and lose him for nothing, that could potentially happen where the Celtics go, okay, we'll give you a couple of future first-round draft picks if we can have him for the second half of the season. Then if you put him in that rotation with Hayward and with IT, provided he's healthy, and with Al Horford, then you could... Um, yeah, but would you do that mid-season realistically when you've only got him for half a season when Celtics, he's probably going to walk to LA anyway? Fir- well, it depends on what, you're, depends what, you're on what first they are. You could give a couple of Boston firsts. Or you could give a Boston first and maybe a Clippers first or something like that. We've got a bunch of fir- we've got up to I think eight first round draft picks in the next two yeah, years. But would so you even risk those just to see him maybe gel and maybe get you to the finals when you're going to probably lose to the Warriors anyway? Wouldn't you rather hold on even if they are Boston first and they're going to be late in the first round? You want to have them for the future. 
I do, but because that, everyone's that chasing us, the Warriors, that would put us over the at line, the end of I the day, aren't they? Cleveland, yeah. and that, that that gives us the best chance to beat Cleveland in the Eastern it also, Conference. It also, and that gives us a shot at Warriors. We're not giving up as much as we uh, would have been asked to at this stage. And even we we actually were, were willing to give up a whole yeah. bunch, and Indiana said no. So if we do go to uh, Sam Presti mid year and say we'll give you a couple of you know first rounders that are going to be in the twenties. I don't know yeah. if they say yes. They probably don't. I'm, I'm not sure. But that's certainly something that I'd be willing to do as a Celtic supporter if that's going to get us over the line. If we know that we're in a position to get past Cleveland, if there's some sort of, you know, uh, if there's some some chinks yeah. in the armor a little bit. And not only that, it also gives you a head start on poor George in free agency. At yeah, least I, I don't gives, think that's going to happen I don't anyway. think he's going to, but it, it gives you a better chance mind's made than up. you would have. Well, let, well, let's chat about poor George. Though. It also gives yeah. us the, the right to re-sign him anyway because he would be yeah. our free agent as well, would have early bird rights exactly. for him. So we could... So it gives you a head start. We wouldn't have to have cap space for him, but I, I can't imagine him going anywhere but the Lakers but next year. That is a hypothetical. Let's chat about reality. Reality is poor George playing for the Oklahoma City Funder right now in a move that blindsided, blindsided Excuse me, so many people. Like This came out of nowhere. Quickly, the, the, the deals that are trade, OKC, get poor George... Indiana Pacers get Victor Oladipo and Sabonis, so not sure what the Pacers were really... I mean, obviously, you've got something for someone who's going to leave anyway, but, jeez, I mean... There were better offers than the There were much better offers, you would think. 100%. It, it seems like it's another move. We spoke about Jimmy Butler and all that type of stuff. These superstars are getting traded for not much in return. It's a really strange to see that for some reason, they're not... Is it because of his free agency? A team's not giving... Offering as much because I know George is going to leave. Who knows? But again, I'm still going off what the reports are about what the Celtics offered them, and you can only go by what the reports yeah. are. I don't know whether they were actually on the table or not, but it came down to the fact that they weren't willing to wait for the Celtics to sign Haywood. So for some reason, and I don't know why, whether they were afraid that the deal was going to get taken off the table, but they didn't want to wait. They had a deal in front of them, and they thought, yeah. all right, let's just take this rather than waiting an extra week and potentially, I guess if the Celtics didn't get Haywood, then would that offer still be on the table? I'm not sure. But the Pacers are probably looking at it now saying, all right, well, now that the Celtics have Gordon Haywood, they would probably be willing to offer us a whole bunch of whatever to get him on board so they can compete against the Golden State Warriors, but they can't do that now. So I don't know why, but Pritchard clearly didn't want to wait. Yeah, and now let's chat about I reckon lost in all this, just a little bit, is the fun and entertainment now that poor George and Russell Westbrook are going to be playing basketball together. (laughs) That is going to be... I love it. <laughs> it's going to be really fun. Let's chat about it. How are they going to work? How are they going to how are they going to gel? Oh, I think it's going to take time, of course, as it always will. Yep. But I think the pick and roll game will be deadly between these two. Take some of the pressure off Westbrook. We saw there were times last year, late in games, where he was just burnt out yep. by virtue of the massive workload. Haven't never really seen someone in league history carry that much of a workload on an individual basis. Defensively, they could be deadly together. So. It's a terrific, terrific move. Now, the question is, of course, well, is it that good of a move they're only going to keep him for one year? Yes, because look what you've given up. You've given up Sabonis, who we're probably going to round out as just an average... Limited upside, I would Limited thought. upside, and Victor Oladipo never meshed well with that team anyway. He was probably going and to get And that was a long contract away. as well, so you, they, they probably don't so mind seeing that off the books. This is a no... I don't see where the negative downside is in this trade for Oklahoma City. I mean... I, I really like this. I, I like and like with and then, Haywood. And I do like so just quickly. I do like Paul George as well, 
better as a secondary option because, like Haywood, he's not a great decision handler, a decision maker with the ball in hand. Yes. So it does take away that element. He's, he could be more deadly as roaming off the ball using his athleticism with Westbrook's passing and vision and basketball intelligence. Could be a really good mix. Sam Presti's had a great offseason at the moment because he also signed Patrick Patterson to the yes. team as well. What do you think of that signing? I reckon it's good because it does lock down that four position a little bit, that, that big man spot that they struggled to really... Um, narrow one down after they gave away Ibaka. So I like that. A bit of floor spacing. This team needs shooting. And Patterson's not that bad of a shooter. George can shoot as well. So it does give them some more shooting that they need. Oh, I like it. Now, uh, is it enough to get them up, up? I don't know. I don't know how much more. Potentially it's... top four, but I, I wouldn't probably. say in the... crack the top three. In the West, nah. like you were about to say, Mike. But are they going to be, uh, they're not going to be the one-two punch that everyone's, everyone thinks. You look at the Warriors. You look at the Oregon. I they just are, don't think they're they going to gel. Well, you look at Kevin Durant, and he he wanted to leave because Westbrook dominates dominates the ball so heavily. I think another reason, just jumping in there, that was also because of the system they were playing in. Those two could never, the coaches OKC had could never get them playing. It was so that, much isolation. That goes down to Westbrook's fault, as we saw Kevin Durant just dominate playing for the Warriors, where they like to share the ball. You look at in an entirely different at, system. Of course, of course it is, but that comes down to Westbrook's fault. The way he plays the ball. Now, I saw an interesting stat in his 42 triple doubles. He had 30, it was 31 wins and nine losses. So yeah. those triple doubles were key for that team's win. Yeah. How does he translate those triple doubles to then include I, I, I Paul don't, George into the team to get them winning as well? I don't think it's just about a triple double. I mean, I, I don't think no, it's just. No, regardless of the triple double, but. You you had to that they well, were, they, gonna they relied to, on him to do all of those things. Yeah, but how are they going to rely but, on both of them? But there is a limitation to what to the one man show, and we saw that last year. That can only get you so far. Adding in another superstar can get you beyond that point. Can I put a team hypothetical question though. out there? It'll, it's got to be gel. team can I, can chemistry. It will have time, but it'll gel. Now Westbrook spent a year on his own. He's had the year to go absolutely ballistic. Yes. He's won the MVP. He's proved himself. Do you think now he's going to be a different type of teammate? Now that he's managed to I, prove that he's I, got that out of his system a little bit, I think Mark, he is, will. Mark is saying no. Mark is shaking his I'm, head. I think he will because... No, I disagree. I think he's now realized and seen the limitations of a one-man show. He knows it's not going to get him to the pinnacle. Yeah, exactly. He's just seeing Golden State win with he's four He's had his best stars. possible individual season he could have hoped for. He's exactly. got that out of his system. He's he's had one of the best individual statistical seasons we've seen Ever. in NBA history. Ever. Yeah. I feel like he could potentially come back as a different type of teammate than he was last year, playing beside a superstar. Are we getting caught up in his MVP speech where he broke down and we saw I didn't say it. I, I don't think so. I think <laughs> We had this yeah. conversation you gotta, last you week. Gotta, I didn't re- it all. you got to remember his volatile attitude towards media. He even apologized to the media, oh, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But that's the way he is. Why would you change the way you're going to play? I think he They're changes. Not gonna be, I hate to say it, but everyone's chasing the Warriors. Of course What are they going to do to get to the... Yeah, I haven't closed the gap. This, uh, this closed the gap, but it's not close. Yeah, it's not <laughs> no, close. Yeah, of course. They've got him close. I think, uh, like I said before, I think you're, you're right but, like, but, in the way he is. But what Sam Presti did, like, they gave away nothing. So you've got that's to trial I mean. it for a year. Exactly. That's what and I mean. I love Paul George. He's a great player. And that, you're exactly my point. Where's the downside then? No, there's no downside, of course. There's I'm no downside. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Right. I reckon. But I also think they won't gel well together. I think, and it, I reckon he'll be traded mid-season. I don't think they'll trade unless they get a, a godfather offer. But he's not getting traded to the seas. 
<laughs> well, we'll need to we'll see, see how that's too late first round. Oh, I, 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 just quickly on the paces, this is pretty much a flu, uh, a rebuild now, full blown rebuild. Oh, yeah. Miles Turner is really the only spare. He's only yeah. the, the real thing. They got a Oliver Zipper and Sabonis now. It's all spare parts on that roster. Yeah. They're going to be awful next year. TJ Leaf, no my boy TJ Leafs on They're the in. team. Don't you, don't you <laughs> dare forget about TJ Leaf. It's pretty scary to think they could have had all those Boston picks and and Crowder, and now they left. Am, with, I'm happy. I'm sitting happy. They're left with spare parts. So a bit to work through there if the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, that was a really bad move on Kevin Pritchard's part. Oh, I think yeah. I think they Terrible. might look back in that and, and have a bit of regret. There's no doubt about it. Hey, let's chat about Golden State. We just talked about them. They are um they they're the standard. They're the benchmark <laughs> by they've set it very, very high. Yeah. Um now I want to chat about I know Chris and Mike, you really wanted to chat about this, so I'll throw it open to you guys. Kevin Durant stays with Golden State for less money than he could have got elsewhere. I know, Chris, this is a real bone bear of yours, and Mike, you can jump in the conversation as well. But, Chris, I want to give you a bit of an open mic, yep. kind of two minutes, just to because you're pretty strong about it before we came on air today. Yes. Chat about the, so, um, the Durant contract. So, Kevin Durant uh, opted out of his contract where he would have earned $27.7 million, uh, $27. million next year on his previous uh, player option, or he could have got the max, which is, I think, close to 30 or over mm. 30, right? Yep. In the end, he signed a two-year, $53 million deal, $25 million in the first year, player option for the second year. A lot like Le- LeBron set up. Exactly. That he so, has in the last few years. Listeners to this podcast will know that I'm not a big Durant no. fan after what he did uh, going to Golden State, right? I've been a Kevin Durant basher all year, <laughs> and I will, I, will, I will accept that, right? <laughs> I know a lot of people disagree you put with me. You me in that... You, you as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. I, I hated what he did. You put me right. out of that basket, but anyway, well, that's another discussion. I lost a lot of respect for him. Me too. Yeah. All right. Saying that, I hate all of these people <laughs> who think that him taking less money is bad. If they're, they're, All these people on Twitter and, and all these Why? media people are saying to him, I can't believe you took less money to Why help they, your team. Why are they saying that? Because if you're in a position to make... A max deal, and the whole thing about the the players' union is to make sure that you get as much money as you possibly can. So, in the eyes of these people, they're saying if you have the opportunity to make a certain amount of money, you have to take it. As a player, you only have a limited amount of time in your life to get a salary from these teams, and they're saying that by Kevin Durant not taking the max, he's kind of poo-pooing that system a little bit, and he's also saying that he wants to help the owners save money rather than free up space for someone like Iguodala, right? Which is another player that they were hoping to sign. What I'm saying to those people is, why do you care what Kevin Durant, who's making still $25 million this year and plenty more in endorsements, played, made millions and millions of dollars throughout the last however many years he's been playing and will continue to make a lot of money for the rest of his career. Why do you care how much money he takes. And if he wants to take less, if he wants to sacrifice the money for for the good of his team, why does that concern anyone? Why do they say, I can't... But why, does, why, why do people get upset that a superstar player is taking six... I think it's $7 million less than he could have. Yeah, something nine like Nine and it. a half over is it the two half, years. But obviously, he's not oh, going yeah. to take his, his next year. He's going to sign yep. a new deal. But if it helps your team... To me, that's just being a good teammate. I'm not saying that other players should take pay cuts. I'm not saying that that's the way you should go. By all means, if you want to take the, the most amount of money that you possibly can, take it. Yeah. But I'm not going to crush a dude because he's taking less to help his team re-sign all these players that made them the team that they were last year. I hate these people who are saying that it's a bad move. 
Look, I'm, I agree with you as well. It's his own move, and he's going to make, with his Nike shoe deal, like probably he's... more than that anyway in the one year. But let's play devil's advocate and go, he's going to save, I think he's going to save his employee employers roughly $20 million in luxury taxes. Yes. So Peter Gruber and Joe Laker, we're going to save $20 million for the next season. The only thing I don't really have a problem with, and you're talking about $25 million a season to play basketball. I mean, it's ridiculous money. But you're... It's billionaires asking millionaires to take less no, it's money. Not. It's not billionaires asking millionaires. It's millionaires saying to billionaires, I am willing to to take less money so we but, can re-sign these other players because we don't know if Joe Laker would have said, okay, I don't mind play, paying someone like Iguodala this amount of money but, in once we're over the luxury tax. I, I would prefer to let him go. But at the, at the end of the day... They're asked, they're asked, who's to know if they are going to sign Iguodala? Haven't they, they already have. signed him? No, no, they have. I know. But who's to say they would have signed him if Durant took it? I assume they would have had a conversation saying, I'm going to take less money if we sign. I it would have been, kind of a, a been type deal. pre-negotiated. It would have been Absolutely. pre-meditated. It wouldn't have just come out of the blue. I, I, I understand just, that you're saving these billionaires some money, but you're doing it so you have financial options to re-sign some of these other guys because I don't know if they were assuring to re-sign Iguodala. Who was the other one as well? Iguodala Sean and Livingston. Sean Livingston. I don't know if they were definitely going to sign these guys if KD would have taken the the most amount of money that he could have. I think the funny thing is, you spoke about the people who were complaining about it. <laughs> it would have been the same people complaining if he took the max and limited them to re-sign one yeah. of their guys. They would have said, oh, what a selfish move by Durant. Yeah. Why didn't he help us? <laughs> he can't... Pl- I don't get worried about people on Twitter anymore, Chris, because you can't please them. <laughs> but it's not just people on Twitter. I was watching Mike and Mike last night. And yep. They were the same. Uh, Greeny was the same. I hate these people who think that they know what's best for the athlete and what to do with their own money. If you want to take less money to play for the best team, arguably the best team in NBA history, go for your go life. Go for your We've life. We've seen it in AFL in like the Geelong teams of the late 2000s and yeah. 2000s. We've seen it in the early teens of this with the Hawks. It's just an American thing versus an Australian thing. Whereas Australian yeah. goes, yeah, like AFL players, what's the average wage? Maybe three hundred grand. Yeah, a bit, something? A, about three seventy. Average wage in, in the NBA is probably what now about maybe nine, ten million a season oh, or something. Yeah. Maybe a bit lower. Yeah, yeah thought, maybe five, a little six, bit. It's a pretty stark in the millions. difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you still like you're looking at Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber, and the Warriors were valued at two point four billion dollars, mm. and they bought the Warriors in two thousand and ten for four hundred million dollars. Mm. Yeah, I reckon it even be above three now. Oh yeah, but it, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm playing devil's advocate. I agree with you. It's better. It's better for the team. Yeah, yeah. You look at. I mean, it's a kind of a different. Story and also it gave him the space to rise. sign Nick Young. By the way, <laughs> let's chat about that. <laughs> is my. Let's won't chat about it too much. But how, that is so fun. Can I just say one thing? Yes, it's the same people that said. LeBron deserved more when he took less yeah, in Miami, exactly. and now that he's taking max, they're like, oh, now you're taking max, you're being so much. Yeah, like it's I the said, same. You can't please yeah. everyone. You can't. Yeah, exactly. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> Dick Young, that's going to be so much fun. Dick Young in Golden State. Can't think of a bit of fit. So Swaggy P is my favorite non-Celtic player of all time, <laughs> and I'm a lot of so excited. As much as I don't like the Warriors anymore. I am very much excited to see him win a ring. Absolutely, I want to see what he can do coming off the bench. Is kind of that he's going to play a lot of junk he time. Can, he can if they blow off teams in that fourth quarter. He's going to be there trying like, to score buckets. Before 2016, and the Cavs won the championship with Jr. in their starting lineup. People had the same view of Jr. as yeah, Nick Young. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that, he was a little bit better than Nick Young. That culture of a championship team can yeah, really change change, change people. I want to see what Nick's he can. A, 
they're the same age, or I think Nick's a year older. I'm not, sure. I'm not too sure on the age on the age profile, but you said you want to see what he can do on the. I want to see what he can do at a championship party after they win. <laughs> That's yeah. gonna be the real entertainment. Also, not at the party, but for the team is Omri Caspi signed yeah, one year yeah. deal with the Warriors. Isn't it That's amazing? Another big move. Now me. this we're gonna. This is a Nick nice, Young's a year older. Okay, very yeah. nice segue into what the next topic there, Mikey is. You see Golden State are just all these little moves. Mm. Nick Young, Omri Caspi. You know they get the right. They're players, not don't much, they? but they yeah. really help down that the track. Edge. The team that hasn't been able to do it is the Cleveland Cavaliers, their finals counterpart. I just wanted to touch on this really quickly because we do have other topics to move on to. But this is a team where I've never seen a side be 12 months off or 13 months off to be exact, winning an NBA title, made the last three finals in a row. They still possess the best basketball player in the world, maybe of all time, depending on who you ask. But be in such shambolic nature because they... Let go. We, we always, a lot of people look back. David Griffin. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people look back in time and say, when, when championship teams fall apart, they say, what What was the tipping point? What was the one move that really destroyed the core of this team? For me, the one move is going to be letting go David Griffin because he built, not built his team because like you said, it was LeBron's decision and all that type of stuff. He made a lot of good moves to complement this team. Players and LeBron liked him, which was the biggest thing. loved him. LeBron doesn't give our public endorsements for nothing and he gave one to David especially Griffin especially in head office position yeah, yeah he gave a strong public endorsement he does not do that just for doing the right thing and playing a cliche media media role David Griffin was massive to this team absolutely massive and they have let him go they With, lowballed him then they lowballed Chauncey Billups now this all comes back to Dan Gilbert in the front office who LeBron doesn't even have a good relationship anyway even that he's back they don't see a good relationship this is real you're a week into free agency. Cleveland is at the mercy of LeBron A James. week into free agency and you don't have a general manager. That is a massive concern. Yeah. It's massive. I think Dan Gilbert sees himself as a co-GM. Uh, That's the big... That, I that, think, no, that is one nah, of the reasons yeah, nah, why. Because Dan Gilbert wanted 6 to $7 million a season. And Dan Gilbert was at maybe three to four, and that's where they fell out. It was a, it was a, it was a massive fo- financial fall, fall apart, no doubt. I just think it's just a massive. I can't believe it. they just won the title thirteen months ago, and now the team, the way it's all planning out. Now I don't. It's why LeBron left in the first place, and it's why he probably could leave in in a in second a time, time around, look, which I'm actually leaning towards at the moment. In a way, I am. Look, I'm not one if to it plays predict, out like this. I'm not one to predict free agency because you just can't in this day in this in this climate. It's Moves happen out of nowhere. But you're looking at the little signs. And now that we've got him, he's already left teams twice in his career. So we know it's a real possibility. And you start to focus on these signs a bit more often than you name, uh, normally would have. And I don't know. This could be the move. I mean, they've signed Jose Calderon in free agency. Another oldish point guard that's not going to get the job done. So <laughs> it's just... <laughs> I'm thinking exactly what I'm thinking. It's... I don't know. I don't like this move for the Cavs. I'm, just, you, you, I'm a bit you worried. Just look at the Warriors. I'm a bit worried. And you sign Omri Caspi. And yeah, you know, it's a great move. You'll probably play, yeah. especially when even. you see what what those guys out west are doing. And, you just, a, and you're really hamstrung by some bad contracts as well. Yeah, it, it's a concern. And you just know that Calderon's going to come around and have to play 15 minutes in a finals game and then and get injured and, and, and do a Darren yeah. Williams. 
It's an Sorry. old team on some yeah. bad contracts. Oh no, yeah. I guess the older players aren't getting too much. I think it's, if, it's okay in that respect. It, but it's an old team with some bad contracts on it as well. If James leaves next year, this team is going to be in a really bad spot. And then the Celtics own the East for and the next. That's where Boston's twenty five well. years. That's where people don't see the green light on Boston at the moment. Hashtag that if, trust the process. If Cleveland, <laughs> hey, hey, and Philadelphia, if and Cleveland Philly. fall apart, like. The foundation is shaking, and we heard no Kyrie say that he probably will leave. Yeah, and Actually, then love, love will be good. There's no doubt about it. Oh, the well, foundation I, is on shaky ground at the moment. Can I just go, so? I got, I got last night on Twitter. I was talking about uh, different trades for the Celtics because we do have to. I'm sorry to go back to the Celtics, but you just brought up the fact that you're a Philly fan, and I've got a trade in mind that I want to get your opinion on because we need some uh, center depth, right? At the moment. Pretty much the only uh, guy that we have to play the five spot at the moment is Ante Zizic. It was our first round of last year. What's the problem? In Europe <laughs> hasn't played an NBA game. Ah, <laughs> that could you know you, you don't know what this guy could become, and yeah. after him you don't really know who could play that five spot. Obviously, Horford could play the five as well, but I think he's more suited to play the four. Um, so I was trying to think of a way of getting rid of uh, enough contract to bring in. Uh, Gordon Haywood and at the moment there is rumours that we're going to do a sign and trade with Utah where we send them Crowder and they give us something else we're not sure what at the moment but I was trying to figure out other trades that we could potentially do to get rid of that salary and if we were to get rid of either a Crowder or someone like Avery Bradley I would prefer to get rid of he's a better player but he only has one year left on his contract and you'd rather probably than... get more for him as well exactly yeah. so if you're Philly right I've, I've got this idea for you I don't know if I I'm just I've Twitter, got my Celtics glasses on right Mike is Philly in this conversation Mike is Philly and I could I could have my Celtics glasses on but I'll, I want to see what you think, think so we give you Avery Bradley Mm-hmm. As well as uh, like a first round Boston pick from 2018, you give us Rashawn Holmes because you've got depth at the five spot now. He's on a very cheap contract. He's on 1.4, so the difference between Avery Bradley's contract and Rashawn Holmes's contract is enough to bring in Gordon Hayward. Okay. And you also give us because Avery Bradley is a fantastic player. You also give us that Lakers pick that. You know how in the uh, we, we saw them in the Markel Fultz yeah. trade, they gave us uh, Philadelphia gave Boston the 2018 Lakers pick yes. that was only between two and five. So it was one protected and then six plus protected. Yeah. If you take yeah. that six plus protection off. Mikey? You're, so you, you're, you're so Boston get Rashawn Holmes and the Lakers pick if it's between six and 14, let's mm. say. And then Philadelphia receive Avery Bradley and a Boston Celtics first round pick. I would do I, it. I would take it. I would take it. Because yeah. you look at the yeah. two spot in Philly, th- there's no one there. We've I mean, got JJ Reddick now. JJ, yeah, JJ, but it... Well, look, Bradley's a better player than I would look at Bradley as the now and maybe the future for, for Philly. Yeah. I mean, how old is he? 27, 28? Oh, he's younger than that, Bradley. No, yeah. I think he's older than what you think. Yeah. He is one of the better anyway, two-way he's a great players. Anyway, def- he's a great defender. 26. He, he, 26. He's He'll be 27 in November. He, he's undersized. He is he's a bit undersized. undersized. Six foot two. Yes. Great defender. Great he can defender. take that spot. I mean, we've got TLC coming through, but he's a few years away. We've just yeah. signed JJ Reddick to $23 million. We've got it's Covington a lot of money. as well. Covington's not a... He's, he's, he's not a he's, three. He's a three. He's not he's a two. A three. Yes, correct. And he's a bench bench player with coming with, it, you know, 15, Who knows minutes. where Simmons going to play? I would take it. And you saw what Rashawn Holmes did towards the end of the season 
with monster games, good rebounding, a few blocks in yeah. there. Which yeah, we we've got a lot of centers, a lot of power forwards. I'd happily do and, that. And what do you do with Okafor as well? That's another question. Would you take Okafor? Yeah, would you take Okafor? Okafor's Okafor's cap yeah. holds, like, I think, closer to 5 mil, whereas Rashawn Holmes is that 1.5. So if we They're took both on Okafor contracts. instead of... But his but Okafor Okafor's wasn't early contract up. is as yeah, a three-pick rather yeah, yeah. than Rashawn Holmes <laughs> is like 28. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. the... the the salary that, is a bit a massive, different there. So if we difference. were to take Okafor in that deal, we still wouldn't be able to free up enough cap space to bring on Howard Hayward. Uh, uh, That's why I thought that yeah, yeah, someone yeah, like Rashawn yeah. Holmes yeah. would be better for us. And can't you, you take Okafor anyway? Just take him. We don't need him. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need him. I feel so. I reckon he's, he's playing in the wrong era. That's his game. Oh, I reckon era. he's still a very good player, Okafor. I reckon he can still be he's in the wrong era. I reckon... I'd take him, but we don't have cap space unless unless it's in a separate trade. All right, let's look at the LA Clippers. Now, this is a very interesting team at the moment because we saw after uh, Chris Paul walked, we thought, okay, maybe this is a sign that they're going to rebuild this roster, rejig it, and see how we go. But then Blake Griffin re-signs for five years, $173 million, and you think, okay, are we back where we started with the Clippers? They've also acquired Danilo Gallinari, which I find very ironic. He would have been perfect with the Chris Paul Clippers team. Yeah. He's the, exactly the small forward they've been searching for. They've got him and now Sam Decker on that team. Two guys they could have really... Gallo's better than Sam. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so let, well, let's read it? It, let me read out the trade. Okay. So the Clippers get Danilo Gallinari from Denver. Hawks get Jamal Crawford. He's going to be bought out. Diamond Stone, best name in the draft. Diamond. <laughs> Top three protected Houston Rockets first round pick from the Clippers. Yep. And the Nuggets get second round... Uh, 2019 second round Wizards pick from the Hawks, yeah, and we'll chat about Millsap to Denver in just um, a little bit as well, because that yeah, that played that, a role yeah, in that deal getting yeah. done as well. Um, where does this leave the Clippers? I mean, are they rebuilding that at its Plague's no, team? No, is he no gonna, man's land. I say. Is he a yeah. hybrid point forward now? Is it more of a a reshape and a rejig and a restructure as opposed to a full rebuild? Where does it leave this team? It's definitely they t- not a rebuild. No, you can't call it a rebuild. That's right. Are they just? Aiming for next year for that LeBron next year, Are they hold, holding out hope for LeBron James. I, I don't know where I thought after Chris You'd, Paul I'd hate to think that left. I thought maybe now they're just going to try and rebuild the whole team, which I think would have been. That's the what point. I thought they were going to. I do. thought okay, Chris Paul's going. You got Jerry West one running the show as opposed to Doc Rivers, so you've got a different mind and viewpoint in the organization and. Jeez, now, now you've got this big deal with Blake Griffin. Five years, he's injury-prone. It's a very risky player to build a team around because we know he's got injury problems. So I don't know where this leaves the Clippers. I don't know what you guys think, it's, but there's not much on that roster. It's hard because I've got a real soft spot for Blake Griffin when he oh, first came no, in. There's no doubt he's a terrific but player. I thought when, when um, the Clippers traded Paul to the Rockets that Blake Griffin was in no chance of signing. That, that's what I, I Maybe was he wants to get his off. money. I was the same. I, I was, was like, like, he can get, get more at money. the Clippers as well of than he course. could have somewhere else. And it also puts him in a position, and I don't know if this is happening, if he could um, keep up his form. But if he does go back to the Clippers, if, if, if he has a great – what's he signed for? Five, four, five, five years? Five. Blake, five, five years. 173. Yeah. He, he's still eligible to sign the Supermax deal mm. uh, after – after this after deal, this because deal. he's still with the team that mm. drafted him. Mm. So if he does make a couple of All-NBA teams or is named the MVP, which isn't going to happen, but hypothetically speaking, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he can still he's still in line for that Supermax deal, which is, I guess, another reason why he'd want to sign as well. So the, for, for a financial perspective, it's much better to stay at the Clippers. From a basketball perspective, probably would have been better to sign elsewhere. He could be the loyal type as well, and he just wants to be loyal. Like, just likes likes to, living in LA. Yeah. He probably likes LA. But I didn't, yeah. I, to me personally, it didn't make any sense because... What are they going to go and There's no one really to go and get that's going to help them win. Like, Danilo's not going to make a difference. Nah. 
I just are they? How are they uh, going to work those those two together? Oh, I think they'll work just fine. I just don't know if it's a move that really but maybe advances th- the team. Maybe he injury stays injury free. Maybe he thrives without a dominant ball handle in in, in Chris Chris Paul. Yeah, it's, well, it's, 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 he does over dribble. Artic- he does over dribble. This is the, this is another article that the Ringer wrote about. Is is this now the era of the oh, the point Blake. forward the hybrid? Yeah, exactly. The hybrid. It's Blake's first chance, first shot at it without Chris Paul. It's his yeah. first chance. This is your team. You go. So it could be fun to see. I'm looking. I am intrigued. And they to weren't see very close in it, with him in, anyway. In, in mates, sorry, outside of Bart, they weren't very close. Yeah, Chris either, Paul so. had a lot of strange relationships with the it's entire. Not very liked around the NBA. organization. So that's another. Yeah. Move. Oh, well, let's chat about Paul Millsap as well, because like in this whole setup of this Gallo deal, he's gone to the Denver Nuggets three years, ninety million dollars. <laughs> hey, him and Nikola Jokic. That's a pretty formidable front court. Can I say something? Me. I know we haven't got to it, but I've got Nuggets. In the top eight. So have I. And we're going yeah, to chat about they, that. Yeah, just, I, me know, too. I am jumping. But me too. Well, we're they going to chat a, about that They missed bit. the West last season by, was just it a, a little, game? It wasn't, it wasn't that much. Yeah. With a team that still didn't have that all-star Nicole player. Jokic is one of the best point forwards, if you want to say. The high, Mil- Millsap's going to work. I reckon him and Millsap. That's a very, very nice. If you have Murray that comes on, who's seen signs of him, he's still a work in progress. Uh, we're seeing, oh, yeah, he's a bit like, Chandler's very, very solid. I, I like this Denver team. I mean, like you said, I think they're a playoff commodity. I mean, mm. this is finally the star player they needed. And I don't think they're done doing moves either. That's a very aggressive front office. They're not afraid to make a big, mm. big ploy for someone we've seen. And they had a they had a, a throw at Wade a couple of years ago. They they're willing to throw the sink at someone in Denver Nuggets because they want to just want to be relevant again. Well, yeah, they spent right. enough time. Yeah. Out, they, they don't need to do another full blown rebuild. They don't care if they no. do something like the Clippers do, where they kind of find themselves in the middle of that Western Conference race because they just want to be relevant. They want to make the playoffs. They haven't made the playoffs in a while. They just they have that need. They want to they want to show their fan base that they are still a semi decent NBA player. side. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I do have them in the, in the top eight as well. Yeah. We, we've got to mention this later because Mikey made a comment before we went on air that he still doesn't have uh, the Timberwolves mm. in the final. Oh, well, let's talk about that. Changed that. So, oh, <laughs> he's ruined. I had to think. Well, look, I didn't know you jumped me. You, you came in and you go, "What's your top eight? I was like, "Well, well because Timberwolves you, you aren't said, in. Timberwolves aren't in the top eight. So I'll tell you why. Him. I'll tell you why. Because last year I was right on them. I had them six, and they let me down. And they let me down all the time. They're always going to show something. But this, this was they were a very young side, and they that, and lost a lot of games late. Late and defensively, they were poor. That is two pillars of a young You bring team. a butler, you'd say probably 50%, if not more, of those games are flipped. Yep. Okay, well, and let's Kat's chat about probably it. The, the next superstar of the league. We'll Kat. stop. Oh, 100%. We'll yeah, stop yeah. teasing everyone. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to this topic. Now, Chris dropped a well, bombshell on us when we walked in today, we... Mike. He just said, let's okay. make our top eight in what the was West. was after we... what Mike said about not having well, I've changed in his it. Eight. Well, right. Kind of made <laughs> so it redundant, but let's do it because. Now we've seen all these players, all these all-star players go from the East to the West. Yep. Still really early, by the way. It is, but it so is, many. and there's still yeah, a lot yeah. to play out. But from what we know right now, as of what time is it? July the 6th, 4.03 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard 4 o'clock. The West is packed. Who, uh, we'll start, who, who wants to start? I'll start. Are, we, right, going, are we going 8 to 1 or 1 to 8? 1 to 8. All right. 1, Golden State. Yep. 2, San Antonio. Yep. 3, Houston. Yep. Four Oklahoma City. Okay, so far that's exactly mine as well. No. Okay, five Denver. I've I, I've got Trailblazers. Six New Orleans. <laughs> I haven't got them. No. Nah, seven got Minnesota. Yep. Eight Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, seven so, so the same as me. I got ten Clippers. Just quickly, out Utah, Portland, Sacramento, Lakers, Suns, Grizzlies, Mavericks. 
Chris? Yeah, I, the, the, I, I got six of the eight uh, that you had, except in fifth position, I had Trailblazers. Sixth, I had Nuggets. So who who, would, who did you have out that I had in? You had uh, you had you had uh, New Orleans out. Yep. And who was the other team you had out? That was it. That was it. I think. Yes. Who'd you have at fifth or sixth? I had Denver, New Orleans, yeah, Minnesota so New Orleans Clippers. Is the only one. Okay, New Orleans is the only one. Okay. Well, I had Warriors, Spurs, Rockets. I had Clippers, but probably they're probably going to drop. Okay. But you kind of got me on the hop when I walked in. <laughs> Excuses. <laughs> we went fast in this podcast. Mick. Thunder at fifth. Yeah. Timberwolves at sixth. Yeah. Grizzlies. Grizzlies, you've got in yep. seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Gasol has to stay, obviously. Is that and Grizzlies just on just on the back of history? You just trust them. They don't trust them. There's they a trust. Because I had them out yeah. last season. They came in. They, they, there's a big trust with Memphis. Quick, quickly say who you are, and then I want to talk about uh, Nuggets and eight. Nuggets and eight. All right, but so, Gasol's got to stay at the Grizzlies. This yeah. is the all right. So Twitter went ballistic last night when the there was an article on the vertical about the fact that Mark Gasol could possibly be good for the Celtics. Mm. Right. I don't want the Celtics to go for Marcus on. I kind of got slammed on on Twitter for this a little bit because they're like saying, "Why wouldn't you want a player the caliber of Marcus Ol, who's in the top three centers in the entire league on your side if you don't have a center?" And I understand that, but he's still got a three three years left in his contract. He's making twenty four, around twenty four million each year. Yeah, we're gonna have to trade away pieces to make the salaries match because by that stage, we're going to be over the salary cap. So when you're over the salary cap, you have to make sure that the salaries match within 100, like 125% yeah, or whatever yeah, it is, yeah. right? 25% either way. Um, I don't think that I want to get rid of enough of our young pieces to bring in someone like Marcus Ol, who's 33, I think, hey, by the time. If, if we If we got, got him mid-year, right, he'd be 33, with another two and a half years left on his contract, I don't want that contract on my books. I want to further develop these younger guys. Again, we're not in a rush to get good right now. Yeah. We can be patient. We can afford to be patient. We've yeah. got a young group with more younger players coming through. We don't need to shoot for the stars and get a guy on what I would consider not a good contract for Celtics and having to get rid of a lot but, of our assets, whatever it makes it. like I have to get $20 million worth of contract in order to make it happen. We saw what Pal, uh, his brother Powell can do at 36, 37. Mm. I, I think Mark will be able to do the same. He doesn't. He's not a very athletic person. He's a very. He's got a high basketball IQ. So I reckon he's there for. He at can least, shoot the balls. We he saw shoot last the balls. So I reckon well. you say he's thirty three and he's got but, three bad years but of contract, he but he's going to play well in those three years. But is he so worth maybe it? Maybe over. I think he is. Okay, so okay, the, it is a bad contract. Don't get me wrong, but I reckon he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing good basketball at thirty six. Let me. All right. So and I reckon he can take. Okay, you just say for example that LeBron walks from Cleveland next season. I mean, it's probably your conference anyway, but it's probably more your conference more. You're walking into but we'd the have finals to get rid with of, him, safe. and he plays a different game to the Warriors. Maybe he can change the league a little bit. But do you want to do that? And get rid of all your depth. So, so you have to get, get rid of like yeah, Bradley Brad- Crowder. Yeah, okay. One of those two, whoever's not going to be on the thing. Big deal. Probably uh, someone like maybe a, a, a Jalen Brown or a Smart. You're going to have to package all of these guys up who are your future potentially, someone like Jalen Brown especially, in order to make the contract work. And I don't want to sell but the farm you, to yeah. get someone like Gasol. We can afford to be patient. Mm, it's interesting. It's interesting for the Memphis Grizzlies because... They're a team that... I would love to see it. I mean, you wouldn't want to I trial wouldn't. it? No. If you could trial and not, give it not back? For what, <laughs> no, not, not for what we'd need to give. I just want to justify quickly my Pelicans inside the eight. Oh, it's a yeah, bit... You I'll, actually do need to justify I'm that. not that... <laughs> I've got him six. I should have him eighth. But I've gone on talent. Oh, Clippers fourth. So that's I, a bad I, I, I think uh, an off-season with Cousins 
and Davis working together. I've gone on talent wins games. Too top heavy. They are talent, 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 talent. So I, I don't know. They might not make the eight. I just reckon with an off season together, build some chemistry. Not many teams are going to be able to defend that 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 the duo there. So I'm just maybe. never going to trust Pelican. You know how you say you trust someone like the Spurs or the yeah. Grizzlies until they fall out. There's no trust. I'm with not New going Orleans. to trust New Orleans or someone like the Kings until they do something. Nah, good. you're absolutely right. It's not a and you can't trust Boogie Cousins. I mean, he's exactly. a great talented basketball player, but they're top heavy as well. Yeah, they are top heavy. I mean, I, don't they, know. I mean, they did sign. Drew Holiday to that massive deal over five years, but is he really the linchpin to to feed it to those two guys? Nope, probably not. No, uh, I, look, I don't know. I, re- I reckon they could make it on on talent alone, but that's hey. a big deal for Drew, by the way. Yeah, we'll need to see how five it all and plays out. And look, cheers, we, we just we said off the top, we're speeding a more. I reckon this has been our best podcast we've done, and it's the season leaving on. So I'm saying, this is the I told really... you to get me in earlier, but uh, oh. once, once the basketball starts, all that is is the free agency off season. We say it every year boring. that. This off season is bigger than the last, but is this off season bigger than every other off season? No, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think so because I was looking through it. There's not a lot of top end talent in this off season. No. There's been more top end talent. Obviously, but just the, those trades as well. The contracts yeah. are bigger because of the salary oh, cap. Ridiculous. But and even the trade, all, all like the, the left rumors, field trade. Yeah, and it's fun. It's and a lot. Even of- even when Hayward <laughs> was announcing his thing, you got the whole leak. We we found out that he went to Boston. Chris Haynes. Kudos Kudos Chris Haynes from ESPN broke that story. No one believed him. Yeah, and then and then won't believe it until Woj reports it. And then and then when Hayward did his player um his player article, Haynes yeah posted a picture of the Hulk Hogan with pointing at his ear saying you know where are you now? I had the story (laughs) first. You you all said no, you don't. That was fun as well. Seriously, I love last podcast. Did you see that Rudy Gobert? Oh, I was yeah. about NBA. to mention that. I love NBA players on social media. It's just... And beat as well. All, all the Is emojis. Is blood there, do you reckon? Oh, I don't no. know. I reckon nah. it's a bit of fun. Yeah. I, think it's I reckon it's a bit of fun. It's not as bad Speaking, as a Durant. But Twitter, Twitter is the best of the moment. Oh, I could sit on Twitter for two hours during this off season. <laughs> Yeah. House of Highlights to follow and Bleacher Report on Instagram is pretty good. Oh, yeah. A lot of great memes floating around, no doubt about that. Hey, I reckon that that's enough from us today because we'll move on and next week we'll have an even bigger podcast because there'll be more moves and, and, and rumors to chat about. Chris, before we go, where can everyone find all your stuff on Twitter and whatnot to see all your Boston tweets? You can find me on Twitter at Christos Tyler. And I usually do tweet about more than just Celtics, but <laughs> over the past month, I think every single tweet has been about the Celtics just because of what, uh, what's what been happening yeah. in the basketball landscape. But I promise no that even doubt. if you are not a Celtics fan, I do, once <laughs> once this all kind of all, all blows over, I do tweet about more than, more than just uh, yes. just Celtics. Excellent. Mike, where can we find you, you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Mick Vell. Beautiful. Mick Vell is the place to go. You can find me on Twitter, at Luke Sakari. All my work there. Throw me a question. We're always happy to take questions on the SEN NBA podcast. Hashtag SEN NBA podcast and at SEN America as Mikey just puts his hand up. Mickvel12 on Twitter. Oh, he doesn't even know. <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> doesn't even know his Twitter <laughs> handle. What are we dealing with? Hey, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the SCN MBA podcast. We'll be back next time. You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand too. Download the new Medibank app today.